0: Live from Cape Town, this is The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. assalamu wa
1: rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening to you. Shukran so much for joining us in this edition of Questions and Answers. I'm khawa Solomon just after 6 p.m. on VOC 91.3. Please tell your friends and family that it's it's currently on now. So if they like to join us, we know that often there's listeners from across the lands and over the seas. They need to tune in right now or they can download it on iono.fm a little bit later on. As well, so um, for the next hour, it is time to send your questions on four seven nine one three. Those that SMS line is available on four seven nine one three. Receiving some Facebook messages as well um, via fax. Uh, the Voice of the Cape is the Facebook page um, via fax oh two one double four double seven two seven one. Or you can direct emailed questions through to info at. VOCFM.co.za All right, with me, as always, joining me every Saturday evening is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wuz. as to Sheikh.
0: Wa alaikum salam Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh To you Sister Hawa are you doing today?
1: Very well Alhamdulillah I hope all is well There on Sheikh's side (laughs)
0: Jazakumullah Khairan And to all our listeners We hope that they are All tuned in Inshallah And that at least We'll spend the next few minutes uh, Listening to some Of the advice Given to us By the Quran And the Sunnah Of Rasulullah
1: Again a big shukran To Sheikh For taking the time out And going to research The necessary answers For the questions And hope all Is satisfied but I think a big thing for me is you know when coming to to um, th- this is a platform to try and answer your questions but also from you as an individual and as a Muslim first to do your duty as well to go and learn the necessary basics of Islam and of, of your deen and what, whatever it, it you encounter which is a difficulty to first go and seek help on your side and inshallah um, if not Sheikh is here to, to hopefully guide you um, in the right direction as to who you may go and ask as well so Sheikh, a very strange request and i <laughs> i think it's a rather odd way to start the show but allah allah knows best this lady has sms in and she would like to know do I have to meet up with my husband in Jannah or with someone else that I love or someone I love? So there's this different person besides a husband that she loves um, that
0: she'd like to meet up with, I guess. <laughs> Uh, In terms of obviously uh, Jannah You know And and what Jannah is all about And what we are going to experience in Jannah And all of that It's all beautiful things And Jannah is all about You know uh, Allah Ta'ala wanting to reward you For the good uh, character and for the good life That you had in the dunya, your sacrifices So so everything in Jannah Is positive, you know, there's no negatives You don't hear negative things, you don't see negative Things, there's no negative emotions There's absolutely nothing, you know So uh, surely if you are in Jannah You will only get what You want, you know, you will only get what you deserve And what you want and what your heart's Desire is, that is what you'll get In Jannah um, So uh, in terms of whether you Will be with Do you have to be with your husband? And it's quite strange. Do you have to be? Um, It seems almost like the person doesn't want to be. Well, I suppose if you don't want to be, and if you are in Jannah, then Allah will not want you to be also, because you will get what what, what your heart's desire is. Um, And uh, there is a hadith that says, in fact, although it is in a different context, but the meaning is correct, where the Prophet (laughs) said to the Sahaba, you know, in terms of Jannah, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahab you will always be with the one that you love in the year after mm-hmm. you know and this was in the context with the sahaba they were worried about not meeting up with rasulullah <laughs> sallallahu <alayhi wa> <laughs> in jannah and uh, for me i think uh, you know just on this question although um, it's it's a bit off uh, the topic is for us to work towards that you know i mean mm-hmm. that for me is the ultimate to be in the company of Rasulullah, there's nothing better than that. You know, Al um, because the Sahaba they were worried, yeah Allah, how is it going to be in Jannah? Maybe if we are in Jannah, he's also going to be in Jannah, but maybe on a higher daraja, how are we going to ever meet up with him? Mm. You know. In another way, maybe we don't even go to Jannah. You know, we don't even know that. And he's in jannah how are we ever going to see him and the prophet had said you know don't worry you will be with the one that you love and the sahaba i think it was anas ibn malik when he heard this he says wallahi the sahaba they were never as happy as they were like they were on that day when they heard that you will be with the one that you love Mm -hmm. so it shows that love is very very potent it's very strong you know and allah will reunite you with the one that you love in jannah but of course i have to also say if you are married to someone and uh, you know you love someone else on the side then i would first want to worry whether i'll get in jannah in the first place you know uh, that would be for me the the the, the main uh, the worry for me and concern, and may Allah give all of us jannah, inshallah, jannah, jannah. to those. But we all have to work hard for it, you know. We have to obviously sacrifice for it, etc., etc. And uh, yes, if you you know really uh, are uh, stuck in a marriage, let's say, well, ayatul may Allah protect us from this. But let's say you are stuck in a marriage mm-hmm. where really, you know, you um, just for the sake of Allah you are staying in the marriage, but you don't really love the person, mm-hmm. or you don't really want to be with him. You know, Allah Allah knows best. In the Jannah, obviously Allah is not going to uh, you know, punish you another time for another long time to be with someone that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Surely Allah Ta'ala will give you what your heart's desire is, you know. And yes, you may find women like this who perhaps are patient in marriages and men likewise. You know, they are patient Perhaps they know that the, the partner is not the best of people But they are patient They just hang in there And so on, you know And I've got this funny thing That I've uh, heard some of our You said, you know It was a quite fi- funny story Which is related to this uh, Just on a lighter note Uh, And that is that this particular sheikh was saying that there was a man that was like this, you know, having patience with his wife and all of that. And Mm -hmm. the wife was very foul-mouthed and she was a very difficult woman to live with. But he had patience. He wanted to stay in the marriage for the sake of Allah and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she became ill, you know, she was about to die. And it seemed that it was a very cruel thing that he did as to what could could be seen you know by others Mm. because when she was on the deathbed he actually called in the imam and he said you know i divorce her you know i don't want to the imam said you know what's wrong she's about to die why divorce all your life you've been stuck with her and you've had the patience and all of that why divorce her now you know Mm. when she's about to leave the world and he says, "Well, I just want you to be a witness, you know, that I divorced her so that they don't have to be reunited within the jannah, you know, because I've had my patience within the dunya, and that was what I can do. But the, the jannah is forever, you know. <laughs> that is not a only a few years or fifty, forty years. It's forever. It's permanent. So I don't want to. And that's just on a lighter note that the man f- didn't feel the courage to to be with his wife in the year after." But what I want to say is that, insha'Allah, it's a story that one of the mashaykh, you know, the shuyukh told us, um, mm. you know, whether it's true or not. Uh, the idea is that, obviously, you know, one must, uh, uh, I think, uh, work hard for Jannah. That is first of all. I mean, we all need to sacrifice to get there. Yeah, lots of work, hard work, and Inshallah, once Allah Taala put us there, we must remember that Allah Taala. Well, it's it's just like I said, beauty. You know, There's everything beautiful in Jannah. There's nothing that is not beautiful. There's nothing that is ugly. So Allah will give you whatever your heart desires. You know, and uh, I mean these questions. Although I know you opened up to say this is a strange question, and it is a strange question in a certain mm-hmm. way. But uh, uh, I found that even, you know, some of the wives of the Prophet, they sometimes ask some of these questions, you know, mm. it's because it's something that your mind wonders about. Mm. So I know Ummu Salama, I came across this hadith once that Ummu Salama, one of the wives of the Prophet, mm. she, she asked the Nabi, what if a woman was married to more than one husband? Mm. Maybe the husband died and she married another one and so on. And we know that uh, a woman in the dunya is never married to more than one husband. Mm. So what will she do in Jannah, you know? Mm. She may have been married to more than one person. And and, she loved them both. And she loved all of them, Mm. you know. So so which one? And the Prophet ﷺ said to her, she will be given the choice and she will certainly choose the one that had the best character amongst them. You know, and she will know that one will stand out amongst the rest that had better character than the others etc etc she will have to choose and she will be given the choice okay. you know and again it, it revolves around the fact that she will get whatever she wants you know and a person in Jannah is given what he wants so she wants that, both and that is the reward you know allahu alam yeah. you know if allah <laughs> wants allahu alam uh, mm-hmm. we don't know the, the, the Jannah is as such the nabi sallallahu alaihi says the Jannah cannot be compared to the dunya because mm-hmm. in there there are things that the eye has never seen there are things that the ear have never heard and there are things that even the heart or even the mind can never imagine. Mm. So we can't even really imagine how great it is to, to be there and what we are going to experience. Mm. And inshallah we make dua that Allah grants this woman and all of us. You know, that opportunity to enter this garden of Allah, the Jannah, so that we can be amongst those who we love and amongst the Prophet wasalam, and all the good people and be re- reunited with our loved ones that we may have lost in the dunya. Mm. Allah Ta'ala reunite us with him in, in the Jannah, inshallah. Amen.
1: Good answer, Sheikh <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave it there And I think it took An entire segment to answer So, Shikran so much For elaborating as well So, it's full understanding To that question um, Is known to, to everyone Alhamdulillah Let's take a short break And come back With your questions after My radio station Your radio station our radio station the voice of the cape assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh welcome back uh, a very good evening to you shukran so much and thank you for joining us our next question is Alaikum sheikh um please advise i've been looking for work for seven years now as well as a pious partner um inshallah
0: uh, Insha'Allah we, we make du'a for you that Allah Ta'ala uh, grants you steadfastness and patience um, You know Allah Ta'ala tests us in various different ways um, This life is about tests and tribulations mm-hmm. Allah says at the beginning of Surah Al-Mulk mm-hmm. He created this life and death so that He may test you and see who will have the best of deeds So Uh, uh, it may have been difficult for you um, not finding work and i'm sure you are trying Uh, and inshallah keep on trying don't lose hope in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't lose faith in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and 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 if, if you just compare yourself you know look at many other people in other parts of the world that are perhaps also experiencing difficulty and if you look at our brothers and sisters in palestine for example if you look at our brothers and sisters in iraq and in syria the difficulties that they must go through i mean i've seen some of these pictures now uh where it's it's snowing, I mean, you can't imagine it's snowing in in Syria and these places, mm-hmm. and yet the civil war is continuing. I mean those people don't have shelter, you know little children having to walk bare feet on the ice, you know on the snow. You can never imagine what conditions those people are living under, mm-hmm. so uh, thank Allah for what you have you know if you still have your health and your strength, and you still have a little bit of comfort in your life, you know thank Allah for it, and yes, the difficulty that you are in, Allah is also aware of that. Uh, call on Allah, you know, make your tahajjud salah Make your your, your, your salah on time, you know And and make, make the effort as far as you can And inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will make it easy for you uh, Allah will inshallah. open the path for you, uh, you know, sooner than later we well, just hang in there and uh, remember the uh the, the dua that was given to the Sahabi when he was sitting in the masjid, which I mentioned on air a couple of times, a dua that we try to make in the mornings and in the evenings. The mm-hmm. dua where we say, "Allahumma inni audu hazan. Oh Allah, I seek your protection from grief and from sorrow. Uh, oh Allah I seek your protection against incapacity of being or being incapable of doing any incapable of doing something mm. and laziness oh Allah protect me from laziness o oh Allah I seek protection from you from cowardice Never being a coward mm-hmm. And never being stingy If I have to give Oh Allah take away stinginess From, from my heart وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ غَلَبَةِ wa وَقَهْرِ rijal. Oh Allah I seek your protection From uh, the overpowering of debts And the overpowering of men um, So this is dua Which a sahabi was sitting in the masjid And the Prophet ﷺ came in And the Prophet asked Why are you sitting in the masjid In a time other than salah mm-hmm. So he said Ya Rasool Allah, I've got so much debt and so much worries what can i do and the prophet said to him shouldn't i teach you this dua and he taught him this dua you know to recite in the morning and in the evening so do this dua and also make your salah and make tahajjud you know maybe it's 15 20 minutes before fajr Mm. and uh, appeal to allah ta'ala that he must grant you patience and steadfastness and uh, also you requesting a, a partner in life allah will grant you all of that and allah knows your heart he knows your condition But we just need to have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, it may seem a long time sometimes before something happens. But ultimately, there's a hikmah in everything. Mm. We must believe that. We must understand that. I mean, even now when we're speaking about Syria and Palestine, we must believe as Muslims that there's hikmah in that too. Mm. You know, it's a way in which Allah wants to teach us something. He wants to bring us back to our deen. He wants to bring us back to what we need to do as human beings, you know. These are all lessons that we learn from this. So 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 don't lose hope and think of the fact that, you know, the, the, the prophets before you, they were all tested mm-hmm. in the same way that you are being tested and they were the best of people and yet Allah Ta'ala tested them in various different ways but we, we feel it with you and we, we are very sorry for your condition and we will also make dua for you inshallah that Allah makes it easy and grant you a job uh, that you can sustain yourself with rizq Ameen. that is halal and Allah also grant you a family that you so so much want and so mm. much are yearning for Allah grant you a good partner and a family uh, so that you may also find that contentment and that uh, stability in your life inshallah, Amin. And and shukran for you know I must say shukran for at least uh, uh, writing into us mm. to to tell us about your situation because it it shows that you you want help and you want obviously uh, someone to 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 maybe look out for you and make dua for you mm. and I think this is also the benefit of this you know we can at least make dua for each other when we hear about these kinds of of situations.
1: Yes. all the best to that gentleman inshallah. Okay. So our next question is assalamu Alaikum. What is the concept of some men having a scarf over their shoulder and Salah positioning the scarf where their forehead would rest in sujood? Shukran uh,
0: Yeah, the the issue of the scarf over the shoulder, uh, mm. it seems that, uh, you know, there are some uh, people that, uh, that, that do this. And I found particularly the scholars and the ulama that come from Yemen. I've seen them a lot doing this, you know, Mm. like Habib Omar that came to uh, Cape Town not too long ago and Habib Ali Jeffrey and many of the other scholars that come from that region. Mm. You always find them besides the turban that they wear on their head, they always have a shawl lying over their right shoulder or their left shoulder. And uh, of course, uh, I mean, I can think of a lot of benefit, you know, what the shawl can be used for. Mm. Um, The shawl obviously can protect you against the wind, against the sun, against the cold, uh, you know, many, many things it can be used for. And yes, sometimes it would appear that they also use the the shawl to actually throw on the floor because it it can be used for a musalla as well. Mm. You know, uh, especially if you are in an area where you're not too sure whether it is clean or not, or you're not Mm. too 100% sure. At least you know your shawl is clean. So you put it down and you make sujood on it, you know. Mm. Um, And there is some indication in the ahadith uh, that would suggest. That the Prophet wasallam mm-hmm. used to wear a shawl sometimes, you know, around his neck or over his shoulder. He used to throw a shawl, a shawl over his left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is why I think ultimately the scholars in Yemen who do it, you know, because there is some basis for it mm-hmm. in the clothing which was worn by our beloved Prophet wasallam, And yes, uh, so so people do it because of that. They want to obviously practice that. And like I said, uh, there, there's, there's lots of benefits that you can. And of course, you don't have to. Let's say you are in a masjid. You don't have to put a carpet uh, or something over the carpet because we know the carpets are clean. Hmm. Okay? But these people may still do it because another benefit could be maybe it's soft. You know, it's, It gives a softer uh, opportunity for softer sujood, or it's just more comfortable for them. Hmm. So, inshallah, there is no problem in it or uh, there's no difficulty in doing that or not doing that. If you don't want to ascribe to that It's also no problem And um, like I said It is something which is quite widely practiced Amongst all the scholars that come from Al-Yaman I've seen all of them do that And like I said There is some kind of uh, basis for it In the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam
1: Sheikh, the next one says My daughter fell pregnant and had a baby out of wedlock The guy's parents said Islamically They are not the grandparents of this child Is this correct, Sheikh? Yeah,
0: in terms of obviously if there is an illegitimate child Then Mm. it means that the father obviously of that child Who is the biological father Will not be considered in the Sharia to be the Sharia father Mm. Uh, Although the mother is still the mother But the father is not considered as the legal father as such, and so yes. Uh, also, the obviously the, the grand uh, parents, etc. Um, you know these relationships. Uh, and obviously, yeah, I would want to know why, why would there be insistence that there is no relationship or it's illegitimate? You know, what is the reason for that? Is it to want to say that they must be cut off from the child? Mm. Is it for a reason that they mustn't interact with the child? And here I will say no, they must interact with the child because Mm. the child obviously is still a child. And uh, the child didn't do anything wrong, you know. And the child doesn't need to grow up with a complex that is obviously going to cause difficulty in Mm. the child's upbringing or the child's uh, psychological state. So um, I I don't think we should, uh, you know, speak about it. But at a later stage, obviously, when the child grows up and the child is now mature enough, One can obviously then explain the child to the child with regards to inheritance issues and all those things. Hopefully, at that stage, the child will be able to understand. Mm. But I don't see why the grandparents shouldn't play a role, you know, or not Mm. be there for her or for him if it's a boy, uh, just to be supportive and and all that kind of thing. I don't see why that cannot happen, you know.
1: I think this stems uh, from, you know, adults having issues with each other and laying blame and um, not taking responsibility or not wanting that this obligation of financial um like baggage or whatever they want to say call it but the thing is this child is innocent and needs to be taken care of
0: absolutely that's why i i would say you know that uh, the question i mean i wouldn't know why we would want to state that the grandparents are also illegitimate and so Mm -hmm. on i don't think that is at all you know should be the case the grandparents should still play a role and they should still be supportive of that child mm. um, because of course that child's uh, life will be shaped through what they see you know around them and and yes if there was a mistake that was made you know in terms of having this child out of wedlock and so on hopefully the child will not fall into the same trap because yeah. there will be a people around him or her that will guide them to what mm. is right and so on so uh, i agree 100 percent with you that uh, we should not uh, sort of uh, turn to the child in terms of what the adults have done Mm -hmm. i mean if they've done something wrong then they must they must obviously sort things out as far as their lives are concerned and yes the sharia there are certain things you know that would affect the child like inheritance and so on but that only comes at a later stage when we obviously can explain to the child Mm -hmm. and so on but when the child is vulnerable and small we should allow everybody who wants to Give to that child the necessary love and the necessary support financially or otherwise you know we should not uh, bar anyone mm. from that because after all it's only an innocent human being you know mm. that needs all, 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 all that it can get to survive in, in, in this world
1: Insha'Allah, all the best to that child and, and the baby as well and the family Our next question is as follows um, Sheikh, in a previous show we, Sheikh um, recited a dua And this person is requesting salaam. Sheikh, please repeat the dua for pain Kalala.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the dua for the sick When they are in pain or for the ill I think mm. that is what we did recently yeah. So if it is that one, then I will just repeat that one again uh, It's of course a dua which uh, uh, the Nabi salam said to us That when a person visits a sick one Or is ill mm-hmm. uh, or in pain Then there is a dua that can be recited seven times And if it is recited seven times Inshallah, it will bring shifa to the person And the dua goes as follows Where we say أَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ الْعَظِيمُ رَبَّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمُ أَيَّشْفِيَكَ أَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ الْعَظِيمُ رَبَّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمُ أَيَّشْفِيَكَ And basically what it means is I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the greatest, he is the Lord of the throne, the greatest one, I ask him to grant you shifa. And to recite this dua seven times at the bedside or of the person who's ill. This is one amongst many du'as mm. that can be uh, recited. And of course, uh, I also mentioned, I think at that time when I mentioned this du'a, that the Nabi also used to say to a person who's sick, La ba'sa tahur insha'Allah. La ba'sa insha'Allah. And this is a beautiful way in which the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam yes. used to inject a positive attitude into the person who's sick. Mm-hmm. And used to say to him, "Don't worry. This is a form of cleansing for you. Mm-hmm. Inshallah, Allah is cleaning you, purifying you through you being ill. It's a means uh, a means of you being cleansed by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So we say that also as encouragement. La ba' satahur. Inshallah, and again, just a final repetition of that dua. Al Allah Rabb al 'Arsh al 'A'zim, ayyashfiyaka. And this is a dua to be made at if you can at least seven times. Hopefully, it will bring some relief to the person. Inshallah.
1: Okay, and just a comment that we received with regards to the question we answered last week. Yes, Alhamdulillah, Sheikh had um, stated in detail in last week's um, program about there was actually about two or three questions regards to the will, Sheik. Um, and uh, it was reiterated a few times as well. So, yes, uh, that questions of the will was answered last week. There isn't a question, but it was just asking. Maf was a question answered about, about the will? And, and yes, it was. Last week we answered the question. All right. Shukran so much for that SMS. And the next one is, Assalamualaikum Sheik. People are happy with their own family, but still try to break others' homes to cause hatred. Um, The week before I got married, um, and I think that's where the question ends, unfortunately. It doesn't um, ask any specific question, but I think let's just deal with what we have, inshallah, about others that have good families, but yet they break up others.
0: Of course, uh, this is one of the worst things that a person can do, Mm -hmm. is to want to cause hatred between people. Uh, or cause enmity between people Or break up families for that matter um, It's of course of the worst things And uh, it is actually the work of shaitan to do that Shaitan mm. is the one that breaks up families And break up husband and wife and so on And uh, there's a verse in the Quran Which uh, I would like to share mm. And uh, this verse uh, speaks about uh, You know how certain people has enmity Towards uh, the believers mm. And Allah Ta'ala says in this verse إِنْ تَمْسَسْكُمْ tunta suhum you will find that these people that have enmity towards the believers, um, if something good happens to you as a believer, it will really uh, touch them or it will really affect them negatively. Meaning they are envious and they feel jealous mm, and they jealous, feel yeah. hatred mm. when something good happens to you. And if something bad happens to you, you will find that these uh, enemies of believers, they will be happy if something mm. bad happens to you. I think this is sort of what perhaps is happening here in this family, whereby um, people don't want to see others happy. Mm. They don't want to see prosperity, you know, etc. They want to see hatred. But then Allah Ta'ala, in the same verse, and this verse is in Allah Imran, chapter 3, verse 120, at the end of this verse, Allah Ta'ala gives uh, an advice to us. What mm. should we do in this situation? When people, when they see you having something good, they hate you for it. When they see something bad, they actually rejoice. What should you do? Mm. Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ كَيْدُهُمْ شَيْئًا If you have patience, and you have taqwa, God consciousness, then their plotting can never harm you. Their plotting can never affect you. Okay? إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِمَا يَعْمَلُونَ بُحِيطٍ Because verily Allah Ta'ala, He is all-encompassing with His knowledge okay whatever you do allah encompasses with his knowledge whatever you do so here what allah is advising us to do is if these things happen to you don't worry you just live your life as a good muslim try your best to to do your duties show good character to others and don't be bothered too much of what people are doing or saying to you or doing for you or trying to break up families don't worry have patience have taqwa allah ta'ala will take care of the rest Inshallah. Um, and of course we, we, we try to give nasiha and advice to these people as well And we do it in a way that uh, is calm and that is collected And that is obviously with patience and hikma, And we say to them, you know, this is shaitan Shaitan normally does this Don't rejoice when people are down mm-hmm. And don't uh, feel bad if people uh, something could happen to them Don't feel bad and don't feel you know that you've been left out etc because allah has got hikmah. he does what he wants and he does what he feels is the most suitable so we uh, inshallah that is what we can say um we we try to give nasiha in this way and we in ourselves that are affected by this we remain patient and we remain connected to our creator and in that way uh allah is the one that will take care of our affairs and he will obviously bring back that prosperity and that happiness that we are all looking for within our families inshallah
1: inshallah shukran, sheikh and let's end the segment with a beautiful comment Assalamualaikum, sheikh really explains clearly great to have a positive and a negative that one just has to accept allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law Shukran. and with that we'll take a short break and come back with more of your questions just my radio station your radio station our radio station, the voice of the Cape. assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Questions and Answers. The Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst, the resident Imam um, at the Yusufiya Masjid in Weinberg, is in studio with us answering your questions. Alhamdulillah. Shukran so much. For your SMSs, please do send them through on 47913. And there are other modes as well, but the SMSs is the quickest and easiest way for us to get your questions. 47913. assalamu Alaikum Sheikh. I would like to know how and where one can get a testimonial from an imam?
0: Uh, this is uh, something quite easy, uh, depend, uh, depending on what area you are in. Mm. You should be able to go to your local imam at uh, the masjid that you attend, and uh, the imam should be able to provide you for a testimonial. And of course, a testimonial is just a uh, sort of character a sketch of someone, and so it must be someone that obviously knows you that will be able to write about you and and say who you are and what you've done and your achievements maybe and all of that. But I'm sure no imam will say no to give a testimonial if it is for a legitimate cause. No imam will object uh, for this. So just go to your local imam uh, at the masjid. And if you still do not, or let's say you are far from the masjid or you don't have one in your area, then you can go to any imam for that matter. In the next area or where you work, wherever I am sure, if the Imam knows you, I think the the main thing is he must be somebody that is acquainted with you, because obviously you cannot give a testimonial if you are not acquainted with someone. So if he is acquainted with you, any Imam uh, that is an acquaintance of yours, go to him; he will gladly give you a testimonial.
1: Shukran. Alaikum, Can the stepfather embrace the stepdaughter?
0: Yes, of course uh, The the stepdaughter, again, we are talking about uh, the wife's children Mm. As we explained many times before That these children become almost like your own children Mm. There is a mahram relationship between you and them And this is a permanent relationship Um, uh, Even in the house where we will all be living together Obviously you are allowed to uh, You know, she's allowed if she's a girl Not to to wear hijab fully in front of you Because you are like her own father now Mm. And that is on condition that you had consummated the marriage with her mother and so if that had happened, then no problem. If you are going to embrace her, if you're going to take her as your own daughter and so on, there's nothing wrong with that. Because Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Nisa, chapter 23, uh, وَرَبَائِبُكُمُ فِي حُجُورِكُمْ مِنْ نِسَائِكُمُ دَخَلْتُم بِهِن And the children of your wives that grow up in your own homes, um, um, and the, especially of uh, the children of your wives who you have consummated the marriage with them. So, of course, that is the condition. But let's say the, the father did not consummate the marriage with the mother of mm. these children. Then in that case, the daughters will still be haram upon him mm. because he's still able to obviously uh, marry them as well. Let's say something happens and he divorces their mother, then he can get married to them if he did not consummate the marriage. Mm. But the moment the marriage was consummated, then from that point onwards, obviously uh, these children becomes like his own in terms of interacting with them and sitting with them and being alone with them and all that. All of that is fine. Uh, of course, there's other ro- rules which will not apply, like the rules of inheritance and so on. That is a different story, hmm. but in terms of interaction, there will be normal interaction between stepfather and stepdaughter if it is of this nature that we had explained uh, in this particular verse.
1: Shukran Sheik. Next one is a quick question, but I'm sure it requires a long answer. It follows. Alaikum Sheik. Please advise on what is a father and husband's responsibility?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of vague for me. I yeah. mean, I don't actually specific, know uh, yeah. w- what exactly the person is asking, because obviously the husband, in terms of in terms of his wife, mm. we know what that responsibilities are. Obviously, he has to look after her, He has to care for her, he has to give nafaqa, he has to treat her well, uh, etc. The father, on the other hand, obviously, what is his duty towards his children? Obviously, to rear them, to uh, nurture them, etc. But I think what I maybe have picked up here mm. is what if there is a conflict between the two in the sense that, um, let's say, the, uh, the 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 husband is not fulfilling his duty, right? So how does the father step in now? Does he step in or doesn't he step in or can he now support the daughter if the husband is not doing so, etc.? Mm. And yes, of course, uh, that can happen if the husband, let's say, is f- uh, forfeiting his duties or is mm. foregoing his duties. Then first of all, it's wrong of him to do that. And that uh, money that he is uh, owing to his wife will always be owed. Mm -hmm. But let's say the the father now feels a bit worried, you know, that the child, his own daughter, is not surviving and he wants to step in as well, then he can assist, of course. Nothing would uh, uh, stop him from assisting. Because it will become his duty again, let's say there's a divorce between them and the daughter becomes now again incapacitated where she can't fend for herself, she she can't work or she doesn't have a job yet. Then yes, at that case, in that case, the father will obviously be the provider for her once again, mm. the same way that he was before she obviously uh, got married. So um, it's only in that situation where the father really steps in. But other than that, the husband is the one that should be looking after the father, should be looking after the daughter, etc., etc., uh it's the husband that should be looking after his own wife mm. um and I think also maybe another thing that I was just thinking of is maybe sometimes the husband says something, but the father wants something else mm. as far as that woman is concerned, so where does the haq end you know where does go? of course, the first point of departure here is if it is not something that goes against the Sharia which is asked by the husband, let's say it's something that is within the framework of the sharia, mm. then in such a case the husband's word will be above the word of the of the father hmm. as far as that is concerned because obviously yeah, the husband has got a greater haq over the wife hmm. than what the father has over his daughter but at the same time that doesn't uh, mean that the father doesn't have a right to come and advise his daughter or give nasiha from time to time etc nothing stops uh, that from happening you know and we find even in the history say Sayyidina Abu Bakr anh, who was of course the father of Sayyidina Aisha and say that in Aisha was the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu and we find how sometimes he used to advise Sayyidina that in Aisha in front of Rasulullah sallallahu and the prophet did not stop him you know he would sometimes advise her and the prophet would be there because a father can still play that role.
1: Mm.
0: But when it comes to a haq or a right that must be executed or that must be carried out, mm. so obviously the husband will have a greater uh, right over that his wife rather than what the father would have over. So if there's a conflict between the two and it doesn't go against the sharia as such, then the word of the husband should obviously be taken first into consideration because that is ultimately where um, uh, the strongest haq lies. With, with, with in relation to those two particular family members towards this wife
1: Shukran Sheik Alaikum Sheikh. alaykum Sheik When standing behind the Imam Do we need to read or recite anything? Please explain that
0: Yeah, If a person is standing behind an Imam, there is a difference of opinion amongst the the Ulama as to what should be recited when a person is in fact standing behind this Imam. Uh, The Shafi'i school of thought uh, is quite strong on this position where they say that when you are standing behind an Imam, regardless what kind of Salah it is, whether it is a Salah where the Imam is reciting aloud or a Salah where the Imam is reciting softly, you are still compelled to recite your Fatiha Mm. behind the Imam. Okay, and they take this from a well-authenticated hadith of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم where he says, There shall be no salah if the person did not recite the opening chapter of the book. And here, yeah, this goes for any musalli, whether he is an imam, whether he is a Ma'moom, whether he is making salah in the masjid, whether he's making salah at home, it does not matter, he must always recite the Fatiha. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, this is the Shafi'i school of thought, the Fatiha never ever falls away. Mm-hmm. All right. The only time, and I can give an exception to this, the only really uh, time where the Fatiha will be dropped is if a person, let's say, comes into the masjid and the imam is just about to go into ruku'ah as he enters the masjid. So what should he do now? He should obviously make takbiratul ihram, say Allahu Akbar, and he should immediately go into ruku' with the imam. And in this case, the Fatiha would have been dropped. Okay, and this is uh, just about the only case when the Fatiha is not actually recited. This is the Shafi'i Madhab. Of course the Hanafi Madhab on the other hand states that whenever you are making Salah alone then you should recite the Fatiha but when you are making Salah behind an Imam then you do not have to recite the fatiha because in this case the imam's fatiha will be sufficient for you hmm. since you are a follower you will stand behind him and he will carry you uh, on his fatiha that he is reciting and here interestingly they also say no matter what salah it is whether it is a sunnah salah or with, uh, sorry whether it is a loud salah or a soft salah you never recite the fatiha behind the imam okay so it's exactly the opposite view of the Shafi'i school of thought and then the maliki madhab uh, and just to see the diversity on this question the maliki school of thought says that it depends on what kind of salah it is if it is a loud salah like maghrib or isha or fajr where you as a follower can actually hear the imam Hmm. then in such a case you don't recite because the imam's recitation is sufficient but if it is a salah where you cannot hear the imam such as or where he recites softly mm. then in such a case you recite your fatiha you, on on yourself or by yourself because you cannot actually hear the imam recite in the salah so that is kind of i think, think the maliki method is quite nicely a a middle ground between mm. the two issues right the shafi is you must always recite the Hanafi says you don't have to recite at all there is the maliki say in between you know if you can hear the imam then you don't recite if you cannot hear the imam then you do recite in this part of the world of course we mostly follow the shafi'i school of thought Mm. so our madhab states that it is best of course to recite the fatiha as far as you can for each raka'ah for each salah each salah behind the imam soft or loud Mm. uh, in the masjid or any other setting as long as you're standing in salah you have to recite the fatiha for each and every 'ah. raka'ah
1: okay Right, Sheikh. With that, let's us take a quick break, and we'll come back with the last segment. Please don't forget to SMS on four seven nine one three. Back in a moment. What is- Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Our last few minutes of this edition of Questions and Answers with Sheikh Ibrahim was And uh, taking your SMSs on 47913. Shukran to all those that are sent through the questions. Alhamdulillah, we, we've gotten through our beginning of March questions. And uh, we're starting with that now. But alhamdulillah, next week we'll continue with your questions. All those that have sent through this week. All right, Sheikh, so, so the next one uh, starts with Assalamu alaikum. I've got two sons from one father, um, but the eldest one is out of wedlock. How do one share the father's inheritance, Shukran?
0: Yeah, uh, Bismillah rahman rahim The father's inheritance here would be shared in such a way whereby the, the the illegitimate child, like I said, does not get a portion as such. Okay, a a assigned portion, but the illegitimate child will obviously get a wasiya if the father wanted to give him a wasiyah. So let's say the father wrote out the wasiyah and he said that, look, this child is not a legitimate child, but he will get one third of my estate, and that is the maximum he can give to that son. Mm. Okay, Then it will mean that the one son will take one third and the legitimate son will take the remaining two thirds. Okay, There's no other heirs. If there's other heirs, obviously, then they will also come into the picture, such as a wife or any other children, or parents if there are. In this case, if there's no one else but the two sons, one illegitimate, the other one legitimate, then the illegitimate son can take up to one-third, but that is only if the father actually made a wasiyah for him, and then the two-thirds will obviously go to the legitimate son. Uh, On the other hand, uh, like I mentioned on previous uh, shows, that if it is that the father wanted to in his lifetime give to them equally, or give to them whatever he feels. Then he is allowed to do that. Before he dies, bef- not in part in terms of the will or anything. If he wants to dispose of his property in whatever way he feels fit, then he could do that. And it's always best to be equal amongst your children if you are able to in in your lifetime. But in terms of inheritance, if the father is leaving a will, he should draw up only, and is only allowed to give up to one third to the illegitimate child, and the other two thirds will go. To his other son.
1: Okay, As-salamu alaykum Sheikh. My daughter was never married Islamically, but now there is a divorce in pro- process. Um, she's got a. She received a very nice proposal now from a pious Muslim guy. Can we let? In, and and sounds like she's asking very nicely. Can we let the nikah go through Kanala Imam? Um, this was always her dua. Uh, someone in the path of Allah. She comes out of a brutal marriage.
0: Yeah, I think we, we've kind of uh, had Either a similar question yes, Or maybe yeah. the same person asked yeah. uh, In terms of getting married uh, to someone While your uh, divorce procedures Are still um, uh, taking place Because that marriage Wasn't really a Islamic marriage mm. It was a non-Islamic Or it was married on marriage by court But not in Islam So in terms of uh, As far as Islam is concerned That marriage wasn't in the first place mm. So there's no need for the divorce Etc, etc But uh, what I want to say And what I did say before before is that obviously, yes, we can understand that she wants to get married to this person, and from a Sharia point of view, it can happen. I did mm. mention that before, it can happen, but just from a legal point of view, it may be sticky. You know, because legalities in our countries, it's certain things, you know, that has to be sorted Mm -hmm. out, etc. And that may have repercussions. Mm -hmm. But if it is whereby, uh, you know, whether it is halal or haram, it is halal, you can get married if if the first marriage was not recognized in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay. But of course, here also we need to know if that first marriage was not recognized, but they had intimacy Mm -hmm. or they had consummation of that non-Islamic marriage. And in that case, she must have also have gone under Idda first, etc., right? That cannot happen. Even if the marriage was not recognized, she will still have to go under an Idda at least to clear her and to make sure she's not pregnant and so on and so forth. So if she's gone through that, and then yes, Islamically, she doesn't have to wait, but it's just from the legal side, Mm. okay, where things may become complicated uh if the papers are not through, uh, through completely because now what will happen is they will still regard her as a, a married woman as mm-hmm. far as the country's laws are concerned that may cause other repercussions and so on so inshallah if you got if 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 this guy is pious as you say and he wants to really get married to her mm-hmm. and it won't be a, a very long wait maybe maybe a month to whatever the case may be and obviously uh, to make summer you know for those times will not be a hard thing because Mm. they are like you say is a pious man and she's been making dua for this and allah had accepted the dua alhamdulillah and so uh islamically once again i said this before they can get married but just from a legal point it will be very difficult perhaps in certain so she must investigate also and see from a legal point you know how long it will take on the speed up the process etc etc for her to pursue the marriage with this particular uh, pro, uh, person that proposed to her inshallah
1: okay Sheikh, i think we have just a few minutes left quickly and this question follows salam what can a wife do if her husband doesn't sleep with his wife um for three months and doesn't talk to her not even with nafaqa please advise
0: yeah um again one of those uh, cases whereby there's uh, issues you know within the marriage and it never gets resolved And uh, people just sort of uh, don't talk about it and, you know, ignore uh, the situation and just allow it to go on and on. So if this is the case, obviously you need counseling as soon as possible. You know, you need somebody to sit with you and to speak to you and your husband. Firstly, on the fact that you have no communication. You are married but you, you, you're not intimate You're not even speaking to each other So what's the point, you know, of being married But you have no communication whatsoever mm. That means you, you're not married really I mean, s- Islamically you are married But I mean, it's not, you can't call it a married life mm. So you need to resolve that as soon as possible Because it's just going to lead to worse things, right? So you need to get someone to sit with you Listen, why, why isn't the husband then speaking to you? You know what is the issue there must be an underlying issue there i'm sure it didn't come about in isolation there must have been a problem or problems etc and that is why no one is speaking to each other and so that led to them not being intimate and so it's months has gone now it's, not even nafaka is being paid so what is you know there's lots of things wrong as far as this marriage is concerned, so you need as soon as possible, as soon as possible, mm. to get someone to sit you down, to have each one speak out his heart, you know, why is the situation the way that it is, what has led up to that, right? What are the things that were maybe uh, taken for granted, which was never discussed or never talked about, that may be led to bigger things, and each Person must get a a full chance to Speak whatever they want to speak And then at the end of the day you need to come to a decision You know you can't continue living uh, Married but yet not married Mm. That is not healthy it's not Good it's not Islamically sound Because at the end of the day it's going to lead To bigger issues and it's going to make you miserable It's going to drain you Emotionally all these things are going to Have an impact on you, So the best I can say is you need counselling, ASAP, mm. someone trustworthy to sit with the two of you and to actually advise you for a way forward as far as this nikah is concerned, inshallah.
1: Shukran, shukran. Unfortunately, that's where we have to leave our questions for now. But we'll be back next week between 6 and 7 with more of your questions on 47913 and also via email and our Facebook page. Please direct them. And if you have any questions, call 21 442 Chazaka, sheik for being part of the show this week, as always, and taking the time out to do, um, to answer the, these questions that has come through, we really appreciate it. And hope to see Sheikh next week again, inshallah. Amen,
0: inshallah. May Allah accept from all of us, inshallah. And may Allah keep us safe and sound for the next coming week, inshallah. inshallah. Until we meet. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Wa, wa, wa
1: alaikum wa wa That was Sheikh Ibrahim, was the resident Imam at the Yusufiya Masjid out in Weinberg. Sheikh also has regular um, um, majasa classes uh, it's held at the Masjid, at the Yusufiya Masjid. And um, if you'd like any more information, please do visit their website website the Yusufiyah Masjid inshallah so um, do your bit and uh, inshallah you will get the answers that you need and, and have the get the, the necessary I think uh, um, the guidance as well um, when you need it. From myself, wa and enjoy the rest of your evening Wassalamualaikum wa wabarakatuh and a very good evening wassalam